listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at $2, 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Hey, Frank. How can I help you, Bradley? What does a sailor fall into when a big-ass wave throws him off his boat and into the arms of a mermaid? I have no idea. In love. <laughs> eh? Yeah, hey, yeah, you know. We're all tired, Bradley. It's yeah. cool. <laughs> It's a, it's a journey. It's a, it's a journey, it's an yeah. yeah. Yeah, But what is love? What is it really? <laughs> what is a relationship? Well, writer director Rebecca Miller, she's here to tell us with the film She Came to Me. Peter Dinklage, playing a composer named Stephen Ludum, has kind of lost that spark, that courage. The fiery passion that made him a brilliant maestro, and he doesn't know how to get it back. But Marissa Tomei does. She plays a tugboat captain named Katrina Trento, and they have a chance meeting at a bar. And let's just say that they uh, hook up later and not imply anything that isn't literal and have a sexy time. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Now, unbeknownst to Katrina, Stephen is married to Patricia Jessup Laudam, a doctor, Jessup, played by Anne Hathaway. And uh, Stephen, he's just wrought with guilt, even though it was one of the best nights of his life, and tells Katrina, you have to leave me alone. Unlocked his, unlocked his writer's block. Yeah, completely unlocked his writer's block. So he ends up writing a play about his experience, sorry, an opera about his experience with this tugboat captain, and people adore the power of this clearly fictional creation, as he puts it. Now, Dr. Jessup, Anne Hathaway, has absolutely no idea that this has occurred. Mm -hmm. She just does her best to support, you know, Stephen, but she has her own hangups going on. Her son from her first marriage, Julian Jessup, played by the Evan Ellison, he's gotten to a bit of trouble because he's been getting very physical and very uh, intimate with his girlfriend, Teresa Siskowski, played by Harlow Jane. Uh, She's 16. He's 18. The age of consent in their state is, I believe, 17. New York, right? Well, her stepfather, whose name I forget. Brian Darcy James. Her stepfather says, well, I know about those ages, 
and that hooligan needs to go to prison for molesting my daughter. And there is no blood relation, of course, between him and uh, his stepdaughter. Her mother is completely horrified because she told him about this affair, if you could call it that, in confidence between their two children. Joanna Kulig playing Magdalena. So, yes, they're all in a real pickle and everybody in relationships is having some kind of turmoil with their relationships. Back to Anne, Anne Hathaway. She is playing almost this absurd cartoon of a woman who lost the love of her life. And let's talk about this performance. It's one of my favorite ones of the movie, but I think it I think it kind of is the movie. And in a lot of ways. <laughs> or at least it's 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 a version of um it's a version of the movie that uh, I would have loved to have uh, have seen. I mean, I'm a sucker for neuroses because it makes me not think of mine. But you know, it's uh, I, I I love that uh, the the um, the sort of wavelength she she was on with it uh, that she, that she was on with 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 this character and this storyline, and she's given the best bits of dialogue. Um, uh, you know, characters who always like hold are trying their you know the most desperate their utmost to like hold it together and they uh they're just failing left and right but refuse to uh <laughs> yeah to not try to keep on holding it together uh those are that that's just comedy gold for me and um you know she she's that um definitely but she does have like really really like you know fantastic lines she's got this like joan crawford like obsession with uh cleaning and at one point, you know, one of her patients cancels and she has to like, you know, she, she says, t- tells um, her cleaning lady, she's like, let's clean together. And, she, and the cleaning lady's like, okay. <laughs> and then she, she talks about when she was going to, you know, when she was younger, she was in Catholic school and she was, she looked into the nuns. She's like, when I was younger, I, 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 I would just look into the nuns' bedrooms. Gosh, talk about minimalist. I, I love watching this, this character unravel all the you know all the way through and 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 bit by bit because she doesn't you know she, she's not large in every scene but um when when she is she is um yeah i think she's hands down my favorite part of this movie that was frank you just heard on the mic and also with us yeah also with us is elliot elliot what do you got to say about she came to me yeah, um, I think I liked. I liked about one and a half of the movie, the three movies going on in this movie, because this is really, this is really, yeah, it's like a three-way split narrative, and um, the one I like truly liked was the the racist stepfather one, that one that had the most meat on the bone and went the most interesting places. I like, I found interesting things in Peter Dinklage's storyline with the tugboat captain. I mean, there's a lot of good performances, and, and Marissa Tomei is really great as this kind of eccentric but sweet tugboat captain. Not going to give away any spoilers, but the ending that involves her and Peter Dinklage I actually was really great and kind of saved the movie for me, I think, in a lot of ways. But you're right. These are three different movies exactly. stuck together. Yeah. And all of them... The, the frustrating thing... I don't know if you feel this way, Elliot, but the frustrating thing is that they all... You feel like they could all work individually. 
They're all worthy of exploration. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, and and some of them are more fleshed out than others. I think Anne Hathaway is absolutely given sort of has the most fun with her performance, is able to have the most fun and be kind of weird. But her storyline is is the worst out of all of them, um, <laughs> even just despite having some pretty good dialogue. Um, yeah, it's it's weird. I was I was thinking in the middle of watching this. This is like um, when an artist an artist makes a medley. You know, they've got, like, 30-second snippets of different songs, and they kind of just mash them together uh, without actually really thinking, thinking yeah, out the yeah. song. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's a real mish, mishmash. And, uh, you know, it's not just uh, yeah. from, a, from a plot perspective, but from a tone perspective. And, you know, I think tonally, tonally this is all over the place. And I think you can do a good uh, tonal blend and i love it when that's when that when when some films pull that off i don't think that that this one did because you are thrown into this like sort of neurotic comedy um about people who are at sort of you know different mental impasses um with with their lives she, i know she had a vision and she's this is not her first time at bat she's made some great films in the past but uh i, I don't i don't know I I can't say I I got what she was what she was going for. Yeah, I me mean, neither. I mean, this is, uh, this is Arthur Miller's daughter, so I mean, she's not Arthur Miller, but yeah, yeah. Oh, well, there you go. I was wondering. I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> leave that in, Bradley. Please leave that in. <laughs> I want you to leave that in. I will go back and listen to this review just to hear that part. <laughs> What I would say she was going for, uh, or at least what I got out of it, it, it's kind of an interesting look at the pursuit of love and what is acceptable in conjunction with what people actually love. Uh, And I think that's probably why I liked Anne Hathaway so much, because one of the most honest deliveries to me in the film is when her son is like, Dad left you, Mom. And she's like, he died. <laughs> and then he's like, no, mom, he left you, though. He left. And she's like, we could have reconciled. <laughs> and just the way she says that, and with that heartbroken little pitch that she's able to give this character in that one moment, I was like, whoo, she had it for this man. We have no idea who she, he was. She, she plays it for In real. this film, she had it so bad for him that... And that's hers, you know what I mean? That That's her relationship. And also in comparison to Marissa Tomei's character, Captain Katrina, when she's all confessing that she's addicted to romance, that generally is a beautiful and lovely thing. But when she explains how she's living her life and sees it as a problem, it just reminded me of oh that's right love is so messy isn't it love can be incredibly messy when you say when she says i'm addicted to romance mm-hmm. you know that's not a good you you know that's not like you don't think <laughs> oh love no you're right but, but when, absolutely when she says, she says it, it yeah when she says it yeah. yeah but i think that you're right about anna hathaway she she delivers everything with such conviction um because she really you know, that shows that she really does love this character. She's not, you know, um, you know, attacking the dialogue in, in a sort of like in terms of comedic beats. You know, she really does have a fondness for this character. And um, at, at one point, she just she decides she wants to join 
a nunnery and you know she calls a, a nun over to the house <laughs> and she says she's like i want to join the sisterhood and, she, and the nun says like let's see how you feel in a year perfect. but um i think it was i think it was hilarious that marissa tomei is on the surface the more um the the most like fucked up character and is a, a, honestly the most put together at the end of the day mm-hmm. like you know i th- i thought you know what you kind of have it together is more than than i initially gave you credit for as a character as a person and she reminded me of one of my favorite carrie fisher quotes um one of her like credos was uh to uh say your weaknesses in a strong voice Oh, I yeah, I really like that too. And uh, I, I kept on thinking about that watching this character. You know, she is um, someone who is uh, wears her flaws uh, on her sleeve, almost like badges of honor, and um, um, but approaches everything with abandon. But uh, Elliot, let's get into this. Trey Rufa is his name, played by Brian Darcy James, a court stenographer, a court reporter. Same difference. <laughs> you clocked that, didn't you, Bradley? You definitely clocked that. <laughs> <laughs> he actually does drive the plot, what plot there is in this. He's like pretty much the catalyst of events happening. What did you love most about him, as you mentioned him earlier, Elliot? Yeah, I mean, I just thought he was an interesting character the weird quirks about him and his like they really just show off his ego yeah i mean the stenographer thing there's just like a lot of little stuff and whoever that actor is did a really really yeah. really good job of, of selling he, him he's uh he's usually pretty dependable he's um he's in uh spotlight he was one of the reporters in spotlight he was um mm. uh he was in Molly's game i believe yeah. um he he shows up more often. You look at his IMDb, and he's like he's like, oh yeah, that oh yeah, right, and that and that and that. Yeah, he's every time I see him come up, come up in something, I think okay, it's like you know you see somebody that that's dependable, and you can count on them for what they need to bring to the character. And the the performances of the whole family and the boyfriend, just the way that they all played off each other, really worked um, in a way that didn't necessarily work in the other stories. I mean, there are a lot of good performances here, but as I've said again, I think I think the stepdad one was far and away the best. Yeah, I think everything about this is authentic. And let's hope that our final thoughts are just as authentic. <laughs> Elliot. Mine are going to be bullshit. Mine are going to be all please? bullshit, Bradley. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> That's not right. <laughs> yes, Elliot, your final thoughts, please. Um, yeah, I. this just needed like a big old rewrite or two um, to just really to break it up. I mean, either... Either just t- take one of these stories, or maybe take two, probably the stepdad and Peter Dinklage's story, and sort of marry those. Um, or you could maybe do this as an anthology movie, where sort of characters from each of the stories kind of come into like the next one. I could see that working, but this is just very—it's really kind of messy and not thought out. Um, but yeah, it does have a lot of good performances and good dialogue. Um, I, I think it's it's aiming in some really interesting directions, but it's just not it's just not quite there yet. This is like a classic kind of half baked piece of art, um, but it's it's actually maybe even more than half baked. It's maybe like two thirds baked. Uh, I, I did really love Peter Dinklage. I think Marissa Tomei is showing a late career kind of I don't want to say renaissance because she never went away, but she's like really flexing her muscles lately. Rebecca Miller is clearly her father's daughter. 
And um, maybe, maybe that overconfidence is why we got this kind of underwhelming piece of work. I'm going to give this six and a half out of ten um, sort of over-demanding stage directions. And Frank, your final thoughts. Um, yeah, I, I agree with Elliot that there's no disguising that this is um, that that these are. <clears throat> I would say two two uh, separate movies um, because I do think that you that there is a there is a movie where like uh, where Anne Hathaway and uh, Peter Dinklage and Marissa Tomei exist in one storyline that may go off in different directions, but does meet um, does meet down the line. Uh, the other side of this of the coin would obviously be the Brian Darcy James um, storyline, which is uh, you know does make a comment. It does make it make make a very valid comment of uh, you know on possessive relationships, on race, on class, um, on youth, on today's youth as well, on even on the immigrant experience, which I wasn't kind of you know. It, there's a lot in that side of the movie. It 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 should have been its own movie. It should have been its own movie. There's no getting around that. Um, and uh, you know the you know the storyline with our with our trio. On the other side, should have been one as well. I, I think they both got elements in in them that work, and they work because Rebecca Miller does know her way uh, around a screenplay. I, I one thing that I did not really appreciate fully um, was the 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 fact that that the Anne Hathaway's character is sort of brushed off, um, and is you find out is only brushed off just so they can save her for a final laugh. But this, but this movie does say a lot of good things. Um, one of the questions it poses is uh, how much do we owe uh, our inspirations? Where's the line between um, what are, what our inspirations give to us and what, what we're owed to them. If, you know, if they are, you know, flesh and blood inspirations, I thought that was something uh, interesting that this, that this movie um, asked and, and wisely didn't try to answer because I don't, because, you know, it, it, this movie says, this is one of those movies that says, you know, you need to, you need to decipher this for yourself. I'm not going to tell you what to think, which I really appreciated that. Um, and I also like that, that this main character's, um, the Peter Dinklage character made his name writing opera, writing opera because the movie itself plays out like an opera uh, in terms of its, it's it's sort of larger than life characters um the drama that they find themselves with i thought that was a really great integration um into the film but uh yeah this really should have been two films and uh it's the third time or fourth or fifth time i've said it and that's the last time i'm gonna say it so i'm just gonna go ahead and give this um seven and a half uh, trailers that deceive you because my boyfriend watched this with me last night and um, after it was over just couldn't believe what what he saw what he'd seen in relation to the uh, to the racist dad racist, racist stepdad sort of like because he's like but that wasn't in the trailer you showed me the trailer and that wasn't in the trailer <laughs> And he and I was like, well, you know, that's a, you know, that that's that's marketing people that you know they they, they it's not the filmmakers making it, like, but it wasn't in the trailer. Like he just couldn't like get past that <laughs> that. And he's not he he's not a movie guy like like we are. But you know, he's like, so yeah, seven and a half 
misleading trailers. Very nice. Marketing man. It'll it'll get you. <laughs> yeah, Peter Gabriel, he once sang, The Book of Love is Full of Music. How did that go? The Book of Love has music in it. <laughs> Some of it's transcendental. Some of it is really dumb. And uh, <laughs> I'm really, start, really starting to get that song as I get older. And I think that's kind of what the mood of this movie was going for. Uh, how ridiculous love is, but how powerful it is. Like I really enjoyed the young actors going from lackadaisical to... Wow, do we really want to put up with each other for the rest of our lives? Like overnight, they had to make that decision. And that's interesting. I thought Anne Hathaway was hilarious. Agree with you. It's kind of bummer that she was shoved off to the side. When when you think the climax of her character was coming, it was like, nah, nah, nah. She, you go, go over there in that corner until we need you. <laughs> uh, Peter Dinklage, I thought he played a very... Not so much a sad sack, but kind of stuck in a rut and uh, not even necessarily a relationship he didn't want to be in, just kind of a dead one. And his affair giving him his spark back, it made sense for the context of the story. I thought Race's dad, again, he was like, the law is the law. And that kind of was established in that character long before he found out about what laws were being broken. So I don't think he was necessarily uh, out of place, at least in his own mind, when he became this malicious intended as, yeah, as your boyfriend put it, racist dick. Um, And Marissa Tomei, I always love it when Marissa Tomei plays a woman that some dude meets that needs a life lesson. And she, (laughs) is playing a character that can't give them the life lesson, but also enjoys their company. <laughs> She's fantastic. Also beautiful opera singing in this. That, that, that those was sequences nice. are, Very those, beautifully those sequences delivered. are really beautiful. They were beautiful, yeah. 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 Uh, makes me miss the opera. I used to live in Seattle, you guys. <laughs> I haven't been to a musical in a while. So I'm giving this one... Uh, I'll go with 7 out of 10... What the fuck, Delaware internet searches? <laughs> let's let's all get ordained. Fuck it. Why not? Yeah. <laughs>